first of all, thank you for this very impressive and, and breathtaking documentary. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> on the life and work of Hannah Arendt. Or what did we see? Did we see a documentary on Hannah Arendt or did we see a documentary on evil? How do you describe it? Uh, I think evil is a very important issue in this documentary. It was also the trigger of my doing it. But uh, yes, it's a, a documentary about Hannah Arendt and uh, I went along junctures of her life and tried to see the connection between these junctures to her philosophy. Because uh, she is very much a philosopher that uh, was nourished by her experience and by the idea of experience. The, the notion of experience is very important in her philosophy. And uh, that's why it was also important to me to create this connection between different junctures of her life and how certain uh, uh, ideas were in evolved out of it. There is a, uh, a whole lot of attention for the work of Hannah Arendt last years. Um, for example, the movie of Hannah Arendt by Margareta von Trotter. Yeah. What especially do you want to show with this documentary or what do you want to add or maybe adjust to all these Attention. Uh, first of all, the, the other documentaries about Hannah Arendt uh, dealt basically with her life. I mean, there was some uh, reminding some uh, of, of uh, some ideas here or there, but it, it didn't concentrate on her idea and on her philosophy. It, it didn't give it any, the space it, it deserves. And uh, even the feature about Hannah Arendt really is concentrated in one moment, uh, the moment of the um, of her writing the Eichmann in Jerusalem, and uh, the tumult it created, and the way she was persecuted and and boycotted all along. And this is and and it also was tackled from more from the emotional point of view of her as a heroine of this movie because it's a feature movie, so. It, it, it's more as she, as a person, has to tackle all this and challenge it. And this, uh, I tried in this documentary to bring, uh, it's true that banality of evil is a very main um, pivot of this movie. It's, it's very important and the other subjects are connected very much to this. But uh, I think it does give some much uh, wider, uh, uh, introspect of her thinking than any other documentary and uh, for sure not the, the, the feature. Um, one of, of course, uh, I, I didn't touch many, many, many no. subjects. I couldn't cover everything. This movie is very long as it is. And uh, everything she did in her last 30 years, which is more her political theory, which is exciting. It's really so interesting. Uh, it's not really in the movie. I mean, there is a, a great deal. I gave a, a importance, great importance to, to the idea of pluralism because it's really the, the most uh, basic thing of, of her thinking. It's the basic thing of her morality. But uh, the, the, her thinking, her political thinking is not in the movie. You know, and uh, this is really... I had in mind to do it in the beginning, but... But you're planning to make a follow-up, isn't it? I isn't love it? to do it. I need money. If anyone, I, <laughs> <laughs> Always a I really problem. love. I really love to do a second. Uh, 
Yeah, here is my producer here, and she is ah. laughing. She is <laughs> laughing. She's she going to collect yeah, afterwards, I think. She doesn't know. <laughs> she doesn't know where to put her, her head. <laughs> one uh, one of the uh, friends in the beginning of the film says there's a lot of misunderstanding about uh, Hannah Arndt as well. Exactly. Um, about the concept of the banality of evil and. People uh, easily use uh, the work of Hannah Arendt for their own purpose. Is that what you uh, met when you were researching this movie? Yeah, yeah. But I thought that I'd, I'm not going to argue with these people. I mean, everybody really make use of Hannah Arendt and uh, uh, take her an example to what he's, he's thinking. But uh, it wasn't it for me. It what was really important in this movie is to bring the things as I see them. You know, and, and really in this way, if I contributed to uh, clear many of the misusages and the misunderstanding of her ideas, I'm happy. If there are questions in the audience, please let me know by raising your hands. And otherwise we will continue our conversation. But do you think this documentary has, or the work of Hannah Arendt has to say something at this very moment, because it's so, it seems so current, so urgent. Yeah, I think uh, she's the most relevant philosopher these days. I mean, she uh, she has a lot to say about refugees, and then she really dealt with this issue in a very deep way, which is relevant today also. And the idea of pluralism, the idea of, of um, you know, in, in any democratic systems, we have kind of, of uh, traces of totalitarian uh, um, organization, totalitarian patterns. Yes, why did you start with that quote? The totalitarian techniques of non-totalitarian regimes. That must be a very central point in your... Yeah, yeah, because I think that uh, there are many totalitarian patterns in non-totalitarian regimes, like democracies, which uh, we all want to cherish. And, and But still, we are very much uh, caught by many totalitarian patterns. And uh, the temptation, as Arendt said themselves, when we cannot uh, uh, solve problems, human and social problems, political problems, in a human way, you, we, we turn to the totalitarian way. And which techniques did you have in mind? Did you, uh, the, the, the totalitarian techniques of, of democratic regimes? It's a different way uh, to harm free speech, for instance. We are, yeah, we, we you know, we, we do it through legislation, we create enemies inside our societies and decide this is enemy and the moment someone is libeled as an enemy, everything is allowed against him. We are experiencing it a lot in Israel now, which is a very... Where you live, you live in Israel. Uh, yeah, I come from Israel and, and, and we are a great democracy, but still we are, we, as Hannah Arendt says, we invent... Um, enemies all the time, and Palestinians and Arabs and the other people of the world sometimes become, the moment they become enemies, everything is allowed, and, and we don't need to think anymore, and we don't need to evaluate anything, not what they are thinking and not what they need. And uh, there are other techniques that, are, that you can see in other countries, the same. The, ev everywhere it's happening the same. 
It's also happening in America. We, they create their enemies. Now we have the big enemies of all, the Islamic power. So, and we see it in action. Can we, can we understand something about that with the concept of the banality of evil, you think? Yeah, I think banality of evil is everywhere. It's really, as you grow up in this world, you can see banality of evil everywhere you go. And in, in the political sphere, in the private sphere, everyday life. And uh, yes, we always, we, we, if we go by the criteria that Hannah Arendt uh, pointed, so we always create ideologies to rationalize our banality of evil. This is the banality of evil, the way we rationalize it. And um, we also find enemies, always find enemies. We are always... Uh, we'll, we, we do evil and we always claim that this is the most nece necessary thing to do right now. We couldn't do otherwise. We, we don't have any other choice. You know, uh, in the last, how it's called, it was Operation Strongcliff. Aina, uh, is this is the name? Operation Strongcliff? The last operation in Israel? Sukhetan, yeah, so how we call say it in English? <laughs> I think Strongcliff, this is the name. Um, anyhow, we edited the movie in the middle of this operation. Huh? And, and it was a terrible thing. It was really fatal thing. And, and while we were editing, our leaders were uh, talking all the time on the television how necessary it is, and then we don't have any other choice. Which obviously necessity wasn't true. Necessity, 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 and it wasn't true, really. It's true that people, the, the, the Palestinians sent rocket on us. It has its history for itself, but never mind. It was. It didn't even create this kind of harms. You know, it wasn't. It didn't create such damages, because we had uh, the te technicalities to to avoid the damages. We had the um, the. Um, um, Iron Dome that really worked wonderfully and I don't think that it was necessary at all but this was the rationalization all the time how necessary it is and at the same time I sat with my editor in the editing room and it, by coincidence we edited the part with Goering saying that it was necessary and it was almost, they didn't have any other choice but to create the concentration camps from 1933 when they came to power because they had opposition and otherwise they wouldn't be able to build up the regime. And it was really hilarious. We sat in the editing room and we didn't know what to do with ourselves. We just, we didn't know if to cry or to, or to laugh, really. I think another quite striking uh part or statement is the, about the superfluousness of yeah. people. Um, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I think it's very important uh, point in Hannah Arendt's thinking. Uh, everything in the banality of evil or any uh, bring you to the point of the of the superfluous superfluousness of 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 the people. This is the way you exclude people, you need first to make them superfluous. Anywhere, in any stage that you are doing, if it's racism, if it's a, mm. if the, you know, in 
when you need this exclusion from national reason, from any other region, a racist reason, you uh, actually make the people superfluous. And, and this is um, a way of thinking that usually imbued in any ideology. This is the connection between ideology and uh, banality of evil. <laughs> Through superfluousness. I think it's a quite dark documentary. It's, it's the, there were all images in it which I, I've seen before and that I heard the, the text or, or, or I read the text before, but the combination of it was so impressive. Why did you choose this form? Uh, I don't really understand what you mean. Um, did you see it in, in the big screen for, for the first time today? No. no. <laughs> What's your experience when you when you see it? Yes. It is quite overwhelming. Yeah, okay. So it's so uh, impressive, so huge. So you want me to choose something different? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it uh, to be impressive. Did you did you include this effects of your documentary? Well, yeah, I couldn't anticipate exactly what effect it will have, you know. It's something you cannot anticipate. You combine things and you work them out in the editing room and in your thinking and you know, and so on. But yes, I wanted to bring to bring as much components together to create uh, something which is uh, which give really the essence of her thinking. And the connection between this essence to to her reality that's why I used the periodical archives, and to our reality, that I think you don't need even to point it, because it's so obvious and it just come across. Yeah, it's quite convincing. I see a question in the audience. Please stand up. On the halfway, yes, you... Did you hear the question, uh, the audience? Um, the question was, uh, uh, it was said in the film that the banality of evil itself became a cliche and people use it as a cliche. And her question was, uh, can you give some examples of people who use this, misuse this well, it concept? It doesn't come, uh, it doesn't cross my mind right now really examples, but I can tell you that Usually, uh, people can use everything for both sides. This is we have uh, great experts of this this time. I think Hannah Arendt. They say that Hannah Arendt, usually it said that Hannah Arendt was ahead of her time, and I think she she is ahead of our time too, because she never accepted all the postmodernist uh, notions that we are living by. And one of it that uh, really that we, we have right for everything, whatever we need personally, and it becomes our right, and we speak in the name of our right. And this is also, a, a, a sometimes in the name of our rights, we do the, the worst evil in the world, but still, we, um, we consider it a banal, or, or a, and, and there are many ways we can use banality of evil in different, in different uh, contexts. I really cannot think now about something specific, but you come across it every day, really. So, can you stand up, please? How people go on in banks, you say? Yeah. 
Is there uh, a kind of uh, um, non-thinking in banking or thinking in terms of necessity? Um, Maybe it's not your expertise. No, it's not <laughs> a question of my expertise. I mean, um, banking or all our way of life that we are uh, dependent on products and so on, and we live this kind of life, yes, it's, it's a kind of accepting the world as it is. It's not fighting the world. But uh, and and you have probably um, uh, many examples of banality of evil within it too. I, I'm sure we have, but uh, sometimes we also can make use of it. It's not necessary banality of evil. And sometimes Last it's question. easy for us to tell to other people to to achieve our means by saying it's banality of evil. Last question in the audience from the front. She's well, she's let me let, let me repeat because no one could uh, hear it. Uh, Hannah Arendt is portrayed as a Jewish philosopher, but she at the same time is uh, uh, wants to escape the frame of Jewishness. Yeah, no, she she is a Jewish philosopher because she was born Jew and she considered herself Jew and she never denied her Jewishness. Of course, she's a philosopher and she cannot be a Jew, a Jewish philosopher in this sense. The philosopher is a universal philosopher and and, and she need and, and if she wasn't a, a philosopher in in a universal sense, she wouldn't have been philosopher at all. I mean, in my opinion, but she's Jewish by origin. Yeah, it's her it's her origin. She is Jewish, and besides. Uh, I didn't mean it, but it's true that her Jewish experience was a starting point for many, many uh, of her way of thinking in many, many respects. So she, as, as uh, Judith Butler says in the end, she universalized the experience of being Jewish exile and make it, it uh, something very universal. And, and uh, it creates in her a commitment to all refugees at all and to the refugee question. And in this sense, she is a very universal philosopher. But I don't think there is such a thing as a German philosopher and Jewish philosopher in the sense of philosophy. It's only in the sense of she belonged to the Jewish people, that's all. I have a very short personal question to conclude with. I was very moved by, by these shots of Hannah Arendt as a, as a baby and as a young girl. Uh, I, I didn't ever realize she, she was a young girl. <laughs> <laughs> I only knew her from being grown up. So how did you lay hands on it? You was speak it? about the pictures, or you, you are mistaken to think that the, the shots are her? It's not. It, it's it made her uh, a, a real girl, and I, I only know her as a philosopher, yeah. as a grown-up, no, as an intellectual. There is an archive of her personal pictures in New York, and I just took the, the pictures <laughs> from there. <laughs> it, was quite, uh, it, it struck me. It was quite moving. Yeah. May I thank you for your presence tonight, to this afternoon, and uh, I hope you come again with your next movie at Itfa I again. I hope so too. Thank yeah. you. Thank you.